thank you for tuning into this episode of the Hunt Fish Heat Podcast. Tonight I sit down with my buddies Ronnie Snedeker and Larry Case. We're in West Virginia tonight and we are we just got done hunting squirrels all day and then hunting raccoons and um, had a great time. Ronnie's dogs are uh, world champion dogs. And so it was really cool to watch them work. And we talk a little bit about squirrel dogging and um, hunt, hunt squirrels in West Virginia and hunting coons, man. It's, um, it was a really cool experience for me. First time hunting over squirrel, uh, hunting squirrels over dogs. So uh, we got to talk about that a little bit. And Ronnie talked about training squirrel dogs and kind of the ideology that goes into that. So hope you enjoy it and listen up. Um, a couple things I want to mention real quick. Uh, my sponsor is Walton's Inc. They're awesome. I love Walton's. I talk about them all the time. They sell everything, cures, spice mixes, grinders, slicers, stuffers, uh, meat injectors, and you can make ham, all sorts of cool things with Walton's products, and they have the meat logistics uh, part of their website, so you can learn a lot. There's kind of knowledge vault is what I call it, um, a lot of information on how to make sausage, how to make cured meats, really cool stuff. Um, also, Clay Shooting Apparel, uh, clayshootingapparel.com, Jim and those guys out in Pennsylvania, they're doing a really cool job, they make some really cool stuff, and... If you want some cool hats like I wear, let's say like pull and um, I yell and break things, definitely go check check out clayshootingapparel.com. Hope you enjoy the episode. Talk to you later. Welcome to the ep- this episode of the Hunt Fish Eat Podcast. I'm here with my buddy, Ronnie. How you doing, Ronnie? Good, Ronnie Schnediger. Schnediger. I was going to ask you how you pronounce that. Schnediger. Schnediger. Okay. I'll probably forget that, but I'll try, I'll try to remind myself. So I'll go back and listen to this episode to to, to get that much. Schnediger. Schnediger. Okay. So uh, where, where are we, Ronnie? Right now, we're sitting in Monroe County, West Virginia. We okay. spent the day in Greenbrier County, West Virginia, the adjoining county. Okay. And I figured out why it's called Greenbrier. <laughs> um, there's a lot of green briars, uh, to go through, but no, it was, it was a wonderful country. So, uh, what we did today, uh, if, if you want to, we did some squirrel dogging and then we, uh, killed some coons this evening, uh, over dogs. And, um, so I'd never killed squirrels over dogs. That was a learning experience for me and I loved it. I loved it. So, um, <clears throat> well, I think I told you at lunch today, uh, the level of dog work that you have going on is uh, the only other place I've seen it that high level. And I'm not saying other people don't run good dogs, you know, but is hunting down in southwest Georgia on a plantation where they had, I mean, these pointers were just lined out 100%. They had a whole system going with English, co- English cockers would flush and retrieve the birds, and then you know, the pointers would run off and find them. But besides that, this was the only other time I've seen dogs work as well as your dogs work today. You know, I mean, they listen to you 100%. You know, well, that's my biggest pride in my dogs. My dogs do tree a lot of squirrels, and we have won a lot of competitions. But the fact is, my dogs listening to me and me being able to hundred percent control them, yeah. call them off a tree if I know the squirrels went in a hole or the ground's too steep, mm-hmm. or if they're headed to the right hand side to get on posted property. Yeah, I can whoop them and get them to go back to the left. This and that, and when we're done hunting, like today, I told Annie we're done. Yep. And the hunting pretty much stopped until the last fifty yards. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, and that wasn't really their fault. You know, we're right next to the truck. There's squirrels in the tree. So I mean, uh, what are you gonna do? But no, it was. Uh, I remember that first time um, we got to a tree, or I think the the squirrel had gone in a hole, and you said, "Hey, watch this." And you go, "It's in a hole." Whoop whoop! And they came right back up out of there, and we left. I mean, it was. I, because I've seen a lot of dogs, you know, they get, they have that prey drive, you know, they want the, uh, they want to get that, that squirrel or, or bird or whatever, and it's hard to get them to come off. And I mean, they just came off, you know, and so I was, um, I was very impressed by that, Ronnie. So tell me a little bit about your, the three dogs we ran today. Okay. First off, we run the white dog, Annie. Mm-hmm. She's my five year old West Siberian lackey, Kimmer Kerr Cross. Okay. Um, in the competition world, she is considered a super grand squirrel champion. Okay. There because of the contest that she has won. Mm-hmm. And she was voted the uh, High Point World Tree Dog Association Dog of the Year for 2017. Okay. I originally got Annie uh, 
just to have a companion to walk in the woods with, uh-huh. just to kind of hang around. She said, nope, that's not what we're going to do. She <laughs> said, if you're going to take me to the woods, we're going to treat squirrels, and we're going to treat a lot of squirrels. Yeah. And that's what she does. Mm-hmm. Uh, the next dog is Rowdy. He's a tree in Tennessee Brennel. When I started in the tree dog world in my late teens, which would be over 40 years ago, uh, I had a tree in Tennessee Brennel. Okay. Then this thing called life stepped in and had some babies and changed jobs and moved out yeah. of state and got out of the tree dog world. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I wanted to get back into the tree dog world, that Annie convinced me I was in the tree dog world, <laughs> then I wanted uh, one to run with her. So I searched and I found another tree in Tennessee, Brennel, mm-hmm. and that being Rowdy. Then uh, he's done really well. He's considered a grand champion. Uh in NKC, NWTDA, and uh, he's placed real well in the UKC hunts. He won the World UKC Bench Show in Lexington, North Carolina last year. Okay. And we've bred some females with him, and those pups has done really well. Mm-hmm. One of his pups is Hammer, which mm-hmm. is my third dog. He's my two-year-old, Red Brennel, a little bit smaller dog, but he's, yes. he's a tree in Tennessee Brennel. And he's a firecracker. He's not going to be a bench dog. He's not going to stand still for you. Uh-huh. But he's going to flap tree a lot of squirrels, and he's going to put on a good show when he does yeah. it. He was he was trying to get up the tree, you know, with, with some of those squirrels, man. Um, you know, the the dogs will kind of jump up and you know howl at the tree, but he was climbing up it on a couple of those, man. Yeah, he was eight or ten foot up that one tree down yeah. the bottom today for sure. Yeah, and that's common for him. Okay. Like I said, he's a he's a firecracker. Uh, you had mentioned my dogs and their handling. Big thing with me, when I get a puppy eight weeks old, mm-hmm. I spend a bunch of time with that puppy. Yeah. They're, they're in the house with me. They're in the truck with me. They go to Lowe's with me. They go to mm-hmm. Tractor Supply with me. Every time I go to the woods, they go to the woods. They're learning about going through creeks, getting over fences, getting mm-hmm. over the logs, this and that. And I praise them for what I like. I scold them for what I don't like. Mm-hmm. I never use any harsh punishment on them. And I bond. I think my biggest thing with my dogs that you see yeah. is the bonding. And they 100% hunt to please yeah. me. Yeah. And that's what it's all about. They look for my approval and whatever I ask them to do, that's exactly what they do. Yeah. You know, and it was incredible, you know, because we'll talk about this a little bit later, but, you know, it's not all flat here in West Virginia, um, especially this part of West Virginia. You know, and you were talking about your dogs won't run the steep sides because they know you aren't going down there, you know, or if it's real, real steep, it's, you know, it's not going to work, you know, and so they just, they don't do it, you know, and that's, like I said, that's incredible to me. And I saw it happen today. You know, I mean, um, there was just some spots you called them off of, or they you didn't want them to go there, and they didn't go there. You know, I mean, I just it was cool to see those dogs work today. Yeah, I mean, I'm 60 years old, weigh 260 pounds, and these mountains are rugged. <laughs> that they are. And early on, they tree down over the side of the mountain, and they know that I call them back because I'm not going down the side of the mountain, mm-hmm. or I'm not crawling on my hands and knees to get up there. So it doesn't take them long to learn, nope, not going down there. He's not going to come down to help us. Don't waste their time. Yep. Yep. Well, and, you know, I, one thing I thought was really cool today, so, you know, uh, I'm here with my buddy Larry Case invited me out here, and um, he introduced me to you and kind of know you through Michaela and stuff. And, um, you know, I knew the hunt would be good. You know, I, I've seen you, and, and I know your dogs are, you know, like I said, grand champion and world champion. Is that correct? Or – the National World Tree Dog okay. Association rally in 2018, yeah. Annie in 2017. So I figured if, if they had some awards like that, they could hunt some squirrels, you know. But um, we killed 11 squirrels this morning between me and Michaela. And that was, um, you know, the limit here is six per day per person, right? Yep. And so, I mean, we, we almost limit, we could have limited it out, you know. Um, I think Larry was kind of pulling the reins on everybody, like, hold up, you know. And I'm glad when we were cleaning those squirrels, I was pretty glad we only killed 11, not 12, man. Um, but. <laughs> It, it was like we got out of the truck, we started going, and the dogs started barking. We killed the first squirrel, and then by the time we're put, throwing it in the pouch, the dog's barking again. And, I mean, it was just all morning, it was just going from one squirrel to another. And um, that was really cool. That yeah. was really cool to see. We probably killed those 11 squirrels in actually an hour and a half of hunt time, mm-hmm. maybe two hours through that. So, yeah, there was usually not over five minutes that those dogs yeah. aren't opening on a track 
or mm-hmm. bark and treed. Yep. And so we were killing grays and fox squirrels today, right? Just about an equal number. I think we got five grays and six fox. I think you are correct. I think you are correct. And that one, I'm going to get mounted. Uh, the last one we killed, it was nice. Nice looking oh, fox squirrel. Oh, he's a pretty squirrel. Bright, mm-hmm. nice, bright, bright collars. Very mm-hmm. vibrant. Yeah. You know, I didn't, I didn't mess him up too much. So that was, that was good. And it was one less squirrel to clean. <laughs> you know, um, let those squirrels get cold, man. Uh, that made him hard to skin. I tell you what. But, yeah. The skin comes off fox squirrel hard. They, uh, my buddy say the skin of fox squirrel, when it hits the ground, jerk the hide off of it. And of course, we didn't do that because we wanted some photo ops, and yeah. and we didn't want to stop hunting long enough to skin squirrels. No, and we didn't have to, man. You know, there wasn't a lot of downtime uh, to when we were running around those woods, but um, it was beautiful. And uh, you know, it, it's funny. Like I said, I'm a flatlander. I'm from the Midwest, and uh, this morning you said, "Yeah, this afternoon we'll go. We'll let Dale go see the mountains." And I think my comment was, "Wait, these." These aren't the mountains. I was like, what are these? Oh, these are this is the farm country. These are the hills, man. So um, that was definitely a learning experience for me. <laughs> well, and we didn't get to hunt the mountains, but I want to be sure to drive you into the mountains yeah. and let you get a look at the actual Appalachian Mountains here in mm-hmm. West Virginia in our uh, – 90,000 plus 921,000 acres of national forest that we can hunt in here. It's incredible. That's incredible. You know, in Kansas, about 95% of the land in Kansas is privately owned. Um, the other 5%, you know, is state parks and things. And um, we the, the state does a lot of good leasing from private landowners to do, you know, walk-in hunting and things like that. But And, and there's plenty of opportunity in Kansas, don't get me wrong. And But... It's just mind-boggling to me to think that there's 921,000 acres in one county, you know, in West Virginia that's public land. You can hunt every bit of it. Um, you know, and that's, I mean, that's just one of the national parks here in this area, right? How oh, many? Yeah. There's a couple around here, right? Oh, yeah. Monroe County's got almost as much national forest as we've got. Uh Pocahontas County, I think, actually has more national forest mm-hmm. than we've got, and they join Greenberg County. So okay. if if you want to hunt on public land, you're going to have some rugged ground, but you can let your to- look at your topo maps yep. and get some what I call fat boy friendly <laughs> areas to hunt. Yeah, yeah. No, absolutely. You know, and um, so h- how long you you've been hunting most of your life, Ronnie, or did you take some time? Off? You took some time off in the middle there. Yeah, I was real active hunter for several years until I was probably. In my mid-20s, and then moved up around Cleveland, Ohio, and took okay. a job and more education and this and that, and, you know, just got super busy with life. Yep. And uh, about five years ago, I was able to get Annie, and that was going to be just mild, mm-hmm. just starting back, and it escalated into something pretty big, and she was doing so good. Some of the guys were saying, oh, you need to comp hunt her, so I got real involved in comp hunting uh-huh. and did that for – probably four years and was real successful with that. And if I may go on here, uh, I told my wife back after February, which Larry Case was able to get me hooked up with the Squirrel Master Classic Mm -hmm. in Tyler, Alabama, being able to hunt with the celebrities, Jackie Bushman and Michael Waddell and Uh this and that. And we got put on Team Realtree. And was able to go down there and had a couple uh, good days and some luck and some good shooters on her teams and ended up winning the Squirrel Master Classic. Hmm. And to me, that was a Super Bowl. That was a World Series, yeah. you know, with everything else that we'd won, the West Virginia State Championship and Ohio Grand Nationals and, and, and all this. That was the icing on the cake. Yeah. And I told the wife after that, I said, you know what, um, I think I've had all the fun that I can have competition hunting. I'm going to now devote the rest of my squirrel dogging time mm-hmm. this year and years on after is introducing new people to squirrel dogging mm-hmm. like yourself today. Yeah. And I concentrate mostly on youth and hopefully the youth gets their parent involved because mm-hmm. the parents got the vehicle and they buy the shells and they buy the guns and this and that to take the kids to the woods mm-hmm. and, uh, Anything to get the kids that would deer hunting, turkey hunting, whatever. But as you've seen today, when you're squirrel dogging, you can laugh. Yeah. You can t- 
talk. You can jerk on vines. You can fall in the mud. Mm-hmm. It doesn't make any difference. The dogs don't care what kind of noise you're making. You yep. don't got to sit and be quiet. You're not getting cold, sitting in blind waiting for a turkey or sitting in a tree stand waiting for a deer. You're walking, you're uphills, you're downhills, you're chasing the dogs. The dogs is entertaining you. So I feel like I've worked hard enough with my dogs and my dogs are good enough that I can introduce new people to squirrel dogging mm-hmm. and let them see the enjoyment of it and get them to come into the woods yeah. and, you know, maybe get some of the kids that haven't thought about hunting and, and haven't had the background. Maybe they'll see the videos and maybe they'll talk to their friends and they'll hear what we're doing tonight yeah. and they'll say, you know, let's find somebody who's got squirrel dogs, Dad. I want to go try this. Yeah. And that's my whole purpose in squirrel dogging at this point. I mean, I love that, Ronnie. You know, you're trying to kind of spread that love, you know, and show people, man, how awesome it is. And, you know, like I, like I told you, this is my first time hunting squirrels over dogs. And and I don't know, I don't want to sound rude when I say this, but it it almost kind of sounds silly how, how serious some people take squirrel dogging until I came out here and, and did it with you today. I mean, it was it was incredible to me. I mean, it's like you said – because I've hunted squirrels before, and, um, uh, you know, in the Midwest, you still hunt, you kind of slip through the woods, you know, and you shoot them, or, you know, if you're deer hunting or something, and deer aren't moving, you know, shoot them, and, but, um, I mean, it, it was a serious sport, and I enjoyed it today a lot, a lot, and so, anyone out there that kind of, I don't know, turns their nose up to squirrel dogging, man, it's, it's a ball, you, you know, um, and like you said, man, I, I enjoyed the heck out of it, and, uh, you know, I, I can... Because you know, Larry and I were talking about this last night, um, you know, getting a kid introduced or a new hunter. It's like if you're running gun turkey hunting, you know, which I that's I love doing that, man. I love outsmarting those turkeys and working. It's really kind of mean to take a kid out in the woods early in the morning and say, sit at the base of the tree and don't move. You know, don't don't move at all. Don't move an inch, you know, and um, there's going to be this bird coming up, you know, and you got to shoot it, you know. And But this is not that at all. Uh, you know, it's... Uh, like I said, cutting up, having fun, making fun of Larry, you know, which isn't isn't hard to do, you know. And he was giving it back to us, you right. know. So, um, but uh, but no, it was uh, it was good. So, can you kind of explain to me, uh, you know? So Annie uh, runs a little different than your other dogs. Um, kind of explain to me how your three dogs run. What's your strategy, or what do you use the dogs for? Okay, the uh, first off. A lot of different breeds you can take and tree squirrels with. There's some bird dogs that do real well treeing squirrels. You get them to where they'll bark up a tree, they cover ground good, and they do all such as that. The most common breeds for squirrels is, as Larry Case would say, cur dogs, which is mostly original mountain curs, and then feist, and there's a couple different lines of feist, the mountain feist and the trend feist. Okay. And then the curs, you mix a cur with bird dog, they're hound or whatever, and we call them trend curs. Okay. Okay. So uh, I've got to have something oddball. Of course. Yep. So Annie is a West Siberian lackey crossed with a camera cur. The West Siberian lackey is the hunting breed from Russia. Okay. The West Siberian husky is the pack dog. And if I can explain um, what she looks like, her head looks very similar to a Siberian Husky head, you know, just smaller, you know, maybe 60% the size. And she's probably 40 pounds, maybe? She weighs 27 pounds. Okay, so a little less than that. So and she's pounds. 21 inches tall, so she's slim. Yep. Which makes her fast. Yeah. And uh, so anyway, uh, Annie was from a litter of seven. She was the only snow white one in the bunch. Yep. She's the only pointed ear one in the bunch. And most people that see her think she's a little small white German shepherd. Mm-hmm. But anyway, uh, the characteristic of the lackey, as far as a tree dog goes, is they've got a great nose, but they use their eyes and their ears more so than your curs. So when she trees, rather than see her toenailed on a tree, staying within five foot of the tree, keeping her feet on the tree, she dances around. She'll get back 30, 40 foot, mm-hmm. and she circles a tree, and she looks, and she watches. She wants to see the squirrel. Yep. And if a squirrel leaves the tree, they usually don't get away from Annie. She follows it. I've seen her follow them 
200 yards yeah. to get that. And by Annie using her eyes and stuff, she's hunted with me so much. She's strange so good. If she is timbering a squirrel and she physically sees it go in a hole, she'll stop and come back. So I'm not walking to a tree mm-hmm. that she knows doesn't have a squirrel that I can see. Yeah. Uh, the other two dogs, Rowdy and Hammer, his son, the tree in Tennessee Brentles, they're more of the cur dog. They're out of the cur dog line. Uh, they use their nose a lot. They open on a track more than Annie does. Mm-hmm. You can hear their bark on a track, and then it changes over to a chop when they're on the tree. And the tree in Tennessee Brentles, they stay within four or five foot of the tree. A lot of times they've got their toenails on a tree, yep. and they're reared up on the tree. And Hammer does what we call jacks a tree. He, he likes to, uh, to climb up in a tree mm-hmm. through that to a certain point. And that's not necessarily a good thing with squirrel dog, but he's kind of uncontrollable. That's just something yeah, uh, that he does. Yeah. And another thing with Hammer, uh, Larry Case was with us. When we was down in Alabama, there was a lot of grapevines going up in the trees. Yeah. And those squirrels go up in there and they get in the nest. Mm-hmm. Well, those grapevines go towards them nest, and we would jerk them vines mm-hmm. to shake the nest to get the squirrels come out of the nest. Yeah. Well, Hammer sees us do that. Yeah. So any tree that Hammer trees on has got vines, Hammer gets that vine and he pulls it and tugs it and jerks on it <laughs> to try to get that squirrel to move out of that tree. It's just intelligence of these dogs. Yeah. yeah. No, I'd absolutely agree, Ronnie. And, you know, like I said, it was incredible to me to watch the dogs work and they worked as a team. And, and just like you said, man, um, you know, the, the two cur dogs we have, uh, Hammer and Rowdy, they were the typical, if you ever see a dog on a tree, you know, where they got their feet on the tree, they're barking up it, you know, there's squirrels in that tree. And you're absolutely right. You know, Annie almost would kind of find it. The other dogs kind of find her, you know, and, and confirm that that squirrel is there. And then she's backing up, man. You know, and she's walking around, you know, looking around that thing. And you can tell she's looking in the trees. And, and you, you call, I've never heard this term, it's called timbering, you know. Correct. Where they're, you know, because squirrel's going to run up that tree and different than a coon or a bear, it can jump to another limb and another tree. And you're explaining to me, you know, the, the cur dogs may be sitting at the base of that tree barking. Well, that squirrel may have jumped over a couple of trees and she's going to find that. You know, Annie's going to watch that happen and chase it. So, Absolutely. And that saves a lot of energy and time uh, looking at trees there's no squirrel scent, man. So That's right. And, and you know, if you uh, go to a tree that Annie has treed on, and say it's a great big tree, and maybe it's a little earlier in the year and it's still fully. If you go to that tree and you look at Annie and you watch her, and she's concentrating on the right-hand side of that tree, there's no need for you to look on the left-hand side of that tree, isn't huh. that? She's showing you that that squirrel is on that right-hand side, and that's where you need to look to, in order to find that squirrel. There, that, there again, it's just something that she has conditioned herself to do, and then a lot of times a squirrel go around a tree on you, and it's hard to see. And uh, if I'm on the east side of the tree and I'm looking for a squirrel, Annie's on the west side. Yep. If I circle to the west to find a squirrel, Annie's on the east side. She's opposite side of the tree to you, and I don't know whether she's trying to do that so she can see the squirrel when I move it around mm-hmm. or whether she's trying to move the squirrel around to me. But she is always on the opposite side of the tree mm-hmm. from what I'm looking to find a squirrel. You know, and that's crazy, you know, the intelligence of these dogs. Uh, like I said, man, it's, they're just as smart or smarter than any other bird dog or any other hunting dog out there. Okay, so we'll get back to the episode in just a second, but I want to talk um, briefly about my sponsor, Walton's Inc., um, like I said earlier in the, at the beginning of the episode, they make a lot of cool stuff, make a lot of great stuff, everything but the meat. Um, they sell seasonings, cures, um, equipment, grinders, sous vide, you know, a lot of crazy stuff, um, dehydrators, slicers, everything. And what I love about Walton's is it's all quality equipment. So I can send my friends there and they buy good stuff and I know it's going to work. I know there's not going to be a problem with it. And um, I personally know I can take this stuff on trips with me. I can cook with it. I can do everything with it and I'm not going to have issues. And that's, that's a big deal to me. You know, if I'm going to buy a grinder or buy, you know, a slicer, I'll make sure it works and all Walton stuff is great. Also, um, you know, guys know I love to cook obviously, and they kind of take a lot of the, 
the hassle or the tough part out of um, spice mixes. They make a ton of spice mixes from you know, jerky seasonings to, like I said, cures. You guys know how much I love hams. Um, they make a lot of good options, you know, baking cures. They make spice mixes for fajitas, everything. And what I love about it is you can just pop open that package, throw it in with the meat or whatever you're cooking, and you're good to go. Make sure you check out Walton's Inc. at waltonsinc.com. They're also on Facebook, Instagram, Walton's Inc. Make sure you check them out. Okay, let's get back to it. Now we got Larry Case with us. Um, I, I hate to interrupt this uh, to bring him in, but this is his place. You so hate to bring me in. I, I guess that that's one way to put it, Larry. I got a, a cur dog here trying to get on my lap. Yeah, it's feeling a little slighted because you aren't talking about these <laughs> much. Well, Dotson. we still got time. We still got yeah, time. Okay, I want to say. Uh, Ronnie talking about his dogs. He's being a little bit humble about all the things they do. What he was just talking about. I mean, I'm a dog guy. Mm-hmm. Talking about Annie, seeing a squirrel, getting on the proper side of the tree. That's that's a big deal. That, that really shows, like you said, the intelligence of the yeah. dog. What he hasn't brought up to you on the intelligence of the dog I got a dog whining in there. I may have. To I was gonna say, it. if you guys hear that background, we're not yeah, feeding it or anything. Poor old Bo, we had to put him in the box for a minute. Yeah, more on that later. Uh, Ronnie is not telling you he has a dog that will take the squirrel after it hits the ground. <laughs> I ran into this. We were at the Squirrel Master Class yeah. together. Uh, in Alabama, if you know about that, the thing that uh, Jackie Bushman and Gamo and everybody, great event. I've been going for several years. Uh, Ronnie came down this past year. Who and won, won it this year, Ronnie? I can't remember. There was a team that Larry Case and Ronnie Snedeker from West Virginia oh, were right. on. Oh, they man. did win it. Team Realtree. I, I feel and, like, Larry, you brought him as a and, ringer. And we you got, kind of sandbagged it. And your point is, well, I heard Larry I heard a story that you were taking bets in the parking lot and said, "Man, I don't know about this Ronnie guy and these these old dogs." But. I don't know, but I'll say this: Oh, this is really going to reverberate. <laughs> I got a little bit of that real tree money that night. Okay, oh, that's all I'm going to say. There you and, go. Uh, there it you was go. nice. Okay, uh-huh. um, great event. That they do down there, Southern Sportsman's Lodge in uh, in Alabama. I can't think of the name of the little town. Tyler, Alabama. Okay, it's it's great. Okay, <laughs> but I'm going to get back to Ronnie. He's being humble. He has a dog, and it's Hammer. Hammer, the wild nobody, child. Nobody, nobody's going to believe this. <laughs> the squirrel falls out of the tree. He's been keeping track. Yep. I, I discovered this at the Squirrel Master. We have a video about that. The dog, I'm telling you, this was my hand up, will grab the squirrel, race into the woods for 20 or 30 yards. Whatever. The seventh squirrel. Yeah. Okay. He's counting. Yep. I'm getting mm-hmm. to that. He buries the squirrel. He hides the squirrel. And I'm telling you, you got to see it to believe it. It's quick. I've been there. I've seen him do it more than three times. He digs a hole. He puts a squirrel in the hole. I'm not making this up, folks at home. Mm -hmm. He puts a squirrel in the hole, and he puts, with his nose, he puts the dirt back over the hole. And if you walked over there after he walked away, I defy you to find that squirrel. It's Uh, hidden so well. You know, and I I got to see him do this twice today. Yeah. Yeah, You know, and it was... uh, it was hilarious. I mean, and you kind of joke around, but it's like he, he's getting, it was all past six squirrels. You know, he's like, man, uh, I know you guys are only supposed to shoot six each. So I better start burying a couple of these, you so, know. Ronnie, my best ex-friend from Greenbrier County, evidently taught him to do that. Why would he do that? Mm. I mean, does that tell you anything? I say Ronnie talking about how, how well he trains his dogs yeah, or the rapport. Yeah. They have. I wonder why. Okay. Now, now there was something else that that we learned. Larry and I learned today that Ronnie trains his dogs to do. Was it Hammer or Rowdy that was doing this? So what I'm talking about is these mock turkey scrapes. Oh, I mean, Rowdy is is that Rowdy? Oh, that's that's Rowdy. Hammer's dad. So 
You know, I, I would have not believed it again. Everybody knows how I look for turkey sign yep. constantly. And yeah. I look, and the dog, I don't know how else to put it. The dog is over there making turkey scratching. Now, if I could teach my dogs to do that, I would, but I can't. And I, I don't know what else to tell you. I, I think, you know, before you hunt a place for turkeys from now on, Larry, you got to double check from Ronnie, make well, sure his dogs haven't been through good, there, man. In constant doubt. Yeah. Is, this, is this a real thing? Or has Ronnie and uh, Rowdy been there? You know, yeah. mm-hmm. they're not going to believe it at home. But. No, well, and and like I said, I, I don't know if I'm doing a good job uh, of of communicating this, but literally what we're talking about these dogs is true today. I mean, watching them work was just absolutely incredible. You know, and Dotsy, your your uh, your crew was hanging out with them today and uh, running around with them and, and catching squirrels, man. And um, <clears throat> like I said, I think as we were pulling away, Larry, you said that's a honey hole. You know, where we came from, yeah. where all those squirrels, man, it was a very target-rich environment. Lots of lots of things chased around, man. Ronnie took you to a honey hole. He did. I, I'm very, and, I, and I appreciate it. And we <clears throat> we had a near-perfect day, guys. Well, I okay? say we haven't even got the second half. We got, this is December. Yeah. In West Virginia, there could be three feet of snow out there. Could yep. be. Yep. And it could be nasty and cold and icy, and it warmed up. And it, we had a beautiful day and you got as good as introduction as I've ever seen to squirrel dogging. Okay. And we went right from there. Yep. And we, we had a little skinning experience. We did. We glide past. So and then we went to the raccoon woods. Yep. And, uh, I would be interested in what you, how that hit you? That was your first time. Yep. Am I right? Yeah. So I've shot I've shot raccoons before. I've never ran them with dogs. Yeah. And I've trapped them before too. Um, you know. And so again, it, just like the squirrel dog, and it was, it was interesting to me. And so um, the the difference was when we started off with the raccoon, it, it was slow. You know, we, yep. we didn't it took a couple minutes to get in there. But then we got to a tree, and I think the first two or three trees there wasn't a raccoon that we, that we could find. Yep. And, and Ronnie can tell you what was going on. There. Yeah, so what do you think was happening there, Ronnie? Well, what I think was happening, we got to the woods so early. We got to the woods right after dark. Was it Earl's before dark? Yep, yep. And uh, Earl, I'm talking about is Earl Spencer from Frankfort, West Virginia. As far as I'm concerned, one of the best dog men in the country, bar none. And I'm fortunate enough to him to be my number one hunting buddy. Mm-hmm. But uh, we had Earl's dog with us and, and my dogs. And my dogs, I primarily hunt squirrels with them. Mm-hmm. And my dogs was treeing hard and doing a great job on the tree, this and that. And one of his dogs was his older dog, the more seasoned dog, Duke, mm-hmm. a uh, eight year old, original Mountain Cur. Uh, Duke wasn't paying a lot of attention to those trees. He'd kind of walk away from yep. them. Mm-hmm. So what that's telling us is, being so early in the woods, there were squirrels that had moved late. Yep. And my dog and his young dog Allie had found the squirrel tracks where the mm-hmm. squirrel went up to the tree for the night and they were treeing on those squirrels. Now, that's not the right thing to do. And my dogs will eventually get to the point that they realize when the sun goes down, they turn off the squirrel switch and they turn on the coon switch, yep. which is where Duke is at now mm-hmm. through that. So uh, we still looked in the trees yep. just in case Duke was wrong, but Duke is very seldom wrong. Yep. And that's the reason that when you had showed interest in coon hunting, I'm like, well, let's get with my buddy Earl yeah. and go too. And I know that his dog, you know, he coon hunts much more than I do. Uh-huh. Yep. And uh, I know my dogs just do what to do on squirrels. And I treat coons with my dogs, and they do fine. Mm-hmm. But uh, Earl just has a more seasoned dog. And you've seen that tonight. Yep. But my dog's train on early squirrels. Mm-hmm. And But I once it got a little bit later in, uh, it, yeah. in, in, in the night. <laughs> then we, what was going on, we, Daniel? We cleaned up. Well, what, let me back up just a little bit here. So uh, two things. First, earlier in the day, and I've seen guys do this to other dogs, and your know, dogs that I've run a lot, you kind of get their behavior, their style, you know, and you can kind of read them a little bit. But uh, the double cluck that that Annie does. So um, one of the interesting things about running squirrel dogs, you kind of let them go, you know, and you have my GPS collar, so you can kind of see how far out they are and everything. But you can hear them bark, and um, you know, Annie was usually the one out front, 
and you'd hear her bark once or twice. And then, and after a couple times I heard it, you told me about this double cluck. She kind of goes, Arr! you know, and you said, once you hear that, she's got a squirrel. I mean, it's, uh, she sees it, she knows it's there and the other dogs kind of show up. And so, um, that was cool witnessing that. And then watching your reaction to some of that stuff. And then also tonight, so you like you talked about with, with Duke and, um, you know, the other, we'd find that tree where there's one uh, raccoon, the other dogs would be all up on it. And you'd see Duke running around the tree barking, kind of going, Hey guys, there ain't no coon here. Like, what, what are you doing? You know? And then he'd, he'd wander off by himself and, and go do his own thing, man. But, uh, and one thing that was kind of cool to, I was talking to Earl and talking to you too, um, as we run along, I said, what are you listening for? Because, you know, we'd let the coon dogs get out there and uh, we'd kind of hang out and wait. You know, you hear them bark and you you heard it or I heard it where you'd hear one dog bark and another dog bark kind of in the same area and then you'd hear them kind of move off and then somewhere else, you know. And so it's you know, it's kind of like they may have picked up a, a coon track, a, a cold one or squirrel track. Is that kind of, is that accurate? Yep. Yep. And, That's exactly right. And so and another thing too, you were telling me, so – They'll work a track, you know, if they work it the wrong way for a little bit, they'll just turn right right back around. Right, yeah. Very often a coon will uh, go through the creek or do this, and they'll hit a track, and they're taking them on track because they smell it. Yep. And they may go 25 yards. They may go 75 yards and say, wait a minute, this track's getting colder. Yep. So they'll turn around and come back and and, and get lined out the right way and listening through the barks you can listen and see how excited they are and as the track gets hotter meaning they're getting closer to the coon mm-hmm. then their bark gets more frantic yep. through that and then when they get on a tree very often you'll hear what we call a locate bark they'll hit a couple little tree barks or some kind of a queer sounding little bark mm-hmm. and then You'll hear the running track again. What they're doing is they're going around that tree in a circle, probably 25 yards out from that tree, uh-huh. making sure that the coon didn't just go up and tap the tree and then go on somewhere. Yep. And once they determine that there's no tracks leaving that tree, then they'll lock in on that tree. And that's when you hear that tree chop. Yeah. That, that the dogs get. Well, and it was interesting, you know, because you, I could hear them barking, barking, barking. And then it would kind of be like, okay, they're all doing the same thing and they're cutting up. And that's when I'd see Earl and you guys move. Okay. Now let's go in there. And, um, like you said, man, you know, the first couple of trees we struck out, we walked around a lot. And I think Larry and I, uh, threw some jabs at you guys, you know, and I, I did learn that wherever we're going from where we are to the next place, it's always uphill. Um, I did learn that fact tonight. Um, and it is funny. We, we got there and I asked you, I said, now Ronnie, um, is this, are these the mountains or are we in uh, hill country? And you said, oh, we're in the farm country. And I did mention one point, I said, you know, your definition of farm country is different than mine. Um, you know, where I come from, a farm country is, you know, if I, if I can look at the horizon, I can see about six miles. Now, if I step up on a tuna can, I can see 10 miles. Now, that's my definition of farm country here. That's not the case out here in West Virginia. You guys got these things called hills. Where I'm from, it could be mountains, uh, you know, but um, it, it, it was a good time. We ran up and down the hills. Now, towards the end of the night, I think we were about 400 yards from the truck, and we, we got a coon, right? Got Michaela a, shot a Michaela nice shot. coon. Michaela Scott, absolutely. Right. Made a killer shot on a coon. Yep. Dropped it, and um, that was a sight to see when that thing hit the ground, that thud. It was a lot louder than a squirrel, and those dogs... Um, if that scroll was alive when it hit the ground, it, would, it, was, it did not make it. You know, it was, we had four or five dogs out there, and they uh, they tore that thing up, man. So that they went after it. And then uh, we're going back to the truck, and we see two more coons. Well, we saw one coon, and we go back. And I hadn't shot one yet, so we go back over to the tree. Well, I'm shooting one, and it's climbing up underneath another one. So we end up shooting both of them. I, you may have had to reload the gun for me a couple times, Ronnie. I apologize about that. Um, it was, uh, they, they weren't dying, you know, and I may have, I may have missed them once or twice, but, uh, that one, the last one, it crawled out of the tree. And I think someone said it got out of the tree cause it was, it was tired of, of me shooting at it. It I was afraid to get hit by a stray bullet. It I, figured his chances was better if it walked down the tree. What, which was insane in to me. In front of my two <laughs> some brittles. So it walked down and stepped on the ground in front of Rowdy and Hammer and says, please put me out of my misery. <laughs> I'm not sure I've ever seen that. <laughs> it physically climbed out of the tree because it couldn't take the gunfire 
albeit not fatal gunfire. Oh man! Oh uh, man! It. We had fun today, guys. We did. <laughs> It was a good time, Larry. But uh, you know those those dogs, they took it to town, and he got some licks in too. That uh, coon got some licks in, and um, you know, but you, you were very nice and uh, re- took the gun from me and went and went and, uh, dispatched the coon. So that was very kind of you, Ronnie. Thank you. That's good. Yeah. Uh, and I'm gonna back up here just one second, yeah. if, if I could, on these uh, squirrel dogs through that stuff, and I'm not knocking. Other tree dog hunters along because I've got a lot of good friends that run bear dogs and I, and I like chasing coon and this and that. But, uh, the fact is a bear, you know, weighs whatever, you know, weighs anywhere from 100 pounds to 600 pounds. He got a big old foot. And if you've ever been around a bear that's been shot or whatever, they've got an odor to them and this and that. And they leave a big track and, uh, probably fairly easy for a dog to get a scent. Yep. You know, as strong as a dog's. Uh, sense of smell is and then with a raccoon uh they've got a pretty good paw they've got a good what long fur on them mm-hmm. through that and they leave a pretty good track and they pretty much go in a straight line yeah and when they go up a tree that's pretty much the tree that they're going to be in they may go in a hole yep or it may be a bushy tree that it's hard to see but pretty much the coon's going to be in that hole yep uh whereas with a squirrel I'm sure most of y'all have sat in a city park and watched squirrels or sat in the deer woods and watched the squirrels and the squirrels uh, jump on this log and jump over to this stump, then go up a little sapling, four or five foot and jump off and this and that. And, you know, eventually go up in a tree. Yep. And, uh, of course, the squirrel has shorter hair and they've got little feet. Yeah. And they don't put out as much scent mm-hmm. as, as the bigger animals do. Yep. And uh, in order for a dog, to find the scent of a squirrel. And uh, they usually don't track it seven, eight hundred yards like to do sometimes a coon or yeah. four or five miles like to do sometimes a bear. Uh-huh. But it's real common for them to track a squirrel 50 yards, 100 yards, 150 yards. They track this squirrel. They figure out that it's been across this brush pile. It's went across this log. It's been on this stump. It's been on this sapling. And it ended up in this big hickory. Yeah. And it's not left that big hickory. Yeah. And I think it's... Uh, for any of you guys that's got good squirrel dogs, kudos to you because it takes a lot of time to get the dog to that level. Yeah. And that's why I'm so intense on these squirrel dogs is I think it's just so much more skill involved to tree a squirrel accurately yeah. than it is, you know, a bigger animal that doesn't jump from tree to tree and across the logs and all such as that. Well, like you said, the biggest difference I noticed too is, um, and we're going to hunt bear tomorrow, but – the bears and the coons, they don't move. Once they go up a tree, they're up that tree. They're either coming down or they're staying up there. So the squirrels, they're jumping. Yeah, like you said, they can easily go from one tree to another. A couple of the squirrels we shot today, you know, we're seeing them way up on the tippy top limbs. I think they're trying to work their way out to another tree, you know. And there was that one squirrel, the first one Michaela shot, that thing, it went down, it came down, uh, went down the ground, ran. Uh, it, we thought it was in another tree and then out of the corner of my eye, I see it. It's 10 feet in front of us. It just, it ran on the ground up this tree and you were looking at the back of it. Uh, yeah, and it was like, I was like, man, it's right there. You know? Um, but no, that was, uh, it, it was incredible to me. Like you said, that these dogs are able to pick up that small animal scent that, uh, you know, and track it to a tree, it's going to run through. And like I said, that that's where, like like Larry talked about, how incredible it is the way your dogs work. Where Annie's looking, you know, routing hammer or barking, using her nose a lot more. But um, it was really cool to watch those dogs work today. I've said this a lot. I got to elaborate on what Ronnie said. And I've told you this. The most amazing thing to me is how these dogs can work a track out. And I think people out there can relate to it because there's a bunch of bow hunters and almost any bow hunter in the East has been in a tree stand, probably griping about the squirrels making so much noise, but they've watched a squirrel on the ground and he runs 20 or 30 yards on the ground, maybe runs out a log, jumps off of it, jumps up on the side of a tree, immediately jumps back down runs over here, hits another tree, and he's he's constantly doing this. And that dog is coming along 
you know, we don't know, several minutes, 30 minutes, whenever later, and works that track out to the point where he settles on a tree and said, he's in this tree. Yeah. And the good dogs are very accurate. And you can bet money there's a squirrel yep. there somewhere. We can't always see them or yep. find them. That process right there, to me, it it's... It's amazing that, yeah. that a dog has the nose and can learn to do that. Uh, I have hunted with dogs that uh, I would say maybe 50% accurate through that mm-hmm. another. And we all have days that the squirrels go up a tree and they go in a den. Yep. And to me, that's forgiving. You can look at the tree, the dog's tree on, you can see it's got holes in it. Yep. So the you dog know. did his part. Right. Yeah. So it's went in the hole. That's nothing, this and that. Uh, I didn't keep track of it today. I know we killed 11 squirrels. We let a couple get away. Uh, I'll bet out of those 11 squirrels, the dog's probably treed 13 times. Maybe there's two trees that the dog's treed on that there was escape routes for the squirrel Mm -hmm. that the dogs didn't know he left us and that. You know, he worked a track to cut their squirrel already went up that tree and went over to another tree. But for... The dogs to be able to go out and make, just say, 13 trees and let's kill 11 squirrels with them, mm-hmm. then that's a pretty high percentage of being yeah. accurate squirrel dogs. You know, the the best thing I relate it to, and like I talked to you about earlier, uh, Ronnie, I hate to always go back to like bird dogs, but that's what I've ran the most and that's what I've spent the most time with. Um, and the best way to describe this is like uh, up in South Dakota at Heckler. Dakota Hunting Farms, one of my favorite places to hunt up there. They have this dog that I like to run named Tabor. And Tabor, I think he's getting 12 or 13. He's getting old. He's a GSP, German short hair pointer. And this dog is never wrong. And, and what I mean by that, and it's kind of like your, your squirrel dogs, when he indicates when he's pointing a spot, there's a bird there. Now, maybe a hen, but there is a bird there. He's, I've never seen him be wrong. Uh, Jake, my buddy, runs the place. He said he's rarely wrong. And it's... um. You know, anyone who's bird hunted a long time or has a really good dog knows what I'm talking about, where it's, you know, if your dog tells you something that it's right, you know, and it's kind of like with, with these dogs say, like those, it, it was incredible to me. Like I said, immediately off the bat, we're killing squirrels. You know, the first two trees are, they're correct. And like I said, I think the other, the other couple of squirrels that got away, it, we may have seen them. They got in a way where we couldn't get to them, or and whole. Yeah. And, I said it wasn't like I said it wasn't like a oh well, I guess there, there wasn't a lot of. I don't think there was a tree where it was. I don't see a squirrel or saw where the squirrel went. I mean, it was scrolling every tree that they, they hit on. So which is that was really cool. Well, and having the confidence in the dogs, and I'll tell one on myself here. Uh, we was actually looking for a log that I knew of to get a photo op through that and before we got to the log annie treed 190 yards from us through that and the other dogs joined her and they treed and uh i've not been feeling well this week and it was real steep ground <laughs> and if i'd have been by myself i'd have whooped whooped and called my dogs back up to me yeah larry case said well i go down there i'm like well i'm sure they got a squirrel yeah and i knew they had a squirrel yeah and you three michaela scott uh Daniel and Larry, they took the guns and they went down over the hill, 190 yards down a little hill, Yep, sliding down the hill, scooting down the hill. <laughs> and they got down there and sure enough, they had a squirrel and Michaela killed a squirrel yep. throughout another. So having the confidence in these dogs means a lot to them. Uh, a dog that's not accurate in the squirrel woods. Daniel got a little taste of her heels today. He didn't get in the mountains yet, but a dog goes out there, 150, 200, 300 yards in trees. And you run through these rugged mountains to get to that dog, and it's a slick tree. You know, it's a tree that obviously has no squirrel and there's no escaper out, and this Mm -hmm. dog is treed on it. You're not very happy. No. So I work very hard on accuracy dogs and being able to be confident by listening to my dogs, Mm -hmm. this and that. Now, that one time Annie barked a time or two, this and that, I'm like, well, she's not real sure of that. She's got a track. There's been a little track on the ground. And she never did settle in on it and treed. You you know, she's making a noise with a track there. And she realized that it was colder than what I wanted to mess with because the likelihood of being accurate leaves the older the track is. The squirrels had more time to leave where it Mm -hmm. went up. 
yep. through that. So Annie doesn't spend a lot of time on a real cold track yep. through that. In but uh, yeah, the accuracy is real important, and it gives you the confidence to go that extra mile to get to the dog. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know it's going to be there. You, you know you're not like what well, and when when that uh, that that hill. He's got called I went down her nine yards. I will admit it was much easier going down than it was coming back up. I noticed um, it took you guys a long time yeah, to get back up. Yeah, I took a break on the way up, too. Um, I'm not, not going to lie about that. Uh, Michaela shot. I was closer to the tree with the rifle, and Michaela was further away with the shotgun. And she shot that thing in the head with the shotgun and dropped it, man. It was, I was pretty impressed with that because um, I, I didn't see it. And um, I'm sitting there looking up, uh, trying to find the squirrel, and she goes, oh, I see it. And I was like, you see it? And she's like, yeah, I'm going to shoot it. And I'm expecting her to shoot it and it run. Yeah, no, no. She shot it and just dropped right out of that tree on the floor and, and or on the ground. And that's when uh, Hammer decided to bury it in front of Larry. And uh, Larry did a... I had to crawl under the fence. I see he did his best squirrel dog impression and uh, got on there and got it, man. My buddy Hammer. Yeah. The strange case of the disappearing squirrel. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good point. And... Um, you know, and, and I think I asked you before I went down there. I said, "Well, if you're sure there's a squirrel there, I'll go." And you're you go, "There's a squirrel there." So okay, and you were right. You know, um, like I said, having the confidence in those dogs was um, was incredible for me to see you had that much confidence and experience it too. You know, so it, it was a good day. Cod, did you have fun? I had a blast, man. And I told you, didn't I tell you? It's. The best way to introduce anybody to hunting, yeah. you're an experienced hunter. I, I've never taken, Ronnie's taken more than I have. I've never taken anybody on their first squirrel dog hunt that didn't say they they loved it. It just, yep. I don't know how else to describe it. It's just fun. Mm-hmm. It's, it's relaxing. It's social, like Ronnie said. You just walk through the woods and kid and... You know, yeah. swing on grapevines and watch the dogs work yep. and everything. And, uh, you know, this beats the heck sitting out in a tree stand for 27 days to me. Yep. Uh, if you're around anywhere, you think you know somebody that has squirrel dogs in your area, find out about them. 98.9% of people that have squirrel dogs that I've seen if you call them up, they'd love to take you. Absolutely. I have people reach out to me all the time, and I go above and beyond and put other things off just so I can take new people to the woods with the squirrel dogs and let them experience what's what it's all about. And like Larry said, you know, especially the kids, you can take the kids out. They're not saying they're cold this night. My goodness, they're running through the woods and up and down the hills and picking up rocks and looking for lizards and all such as that. And they're having fun. And these dogs don't care. Them dogs are just, just doing their thing. And then to watch the kid as the day goes on listening. And he's like, that's hammer. That's an that. And he recognizes Annie's bark. And then he recognizes a double cluck. Yeah. This and that. And you can see the excitement. And and after a little bit, the dogs bark and you'll see the kid, they freeze and they're listening. And when they hear that double cluck or they hear Rowdy and Hammer hit that chop, oh, they like a racehorse going through the woods. They they yep. get in there and then they'll see us pulling vines. And the first thing, they, you know, they get there and they're looking for a squirrel and they're looking for a grapevine. They want to pull a grapevine. Yeah. You know, doing this fun stuff through yep. that. And, you know, I've got to be honest, squirrel dogs has almost ruined the turkey hunting and the deer hunting for me <laughs> because I don't have no fun going and sitting in the woods yeah. waiting for a turkey to come in or going and sitting in a blind or sitting in a tree stand waiting for a deer. And I mean, you wish you were out there with your dogs. Yeah. 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 If, if I'm sitting there, then I'm like, boy, I could really be having fun if I had my, my tree dogs. <laughs> <laughs> I think you and I talked about this last night, Daniel. If we're in a crisis about hunting, yeah, everybody in hunting and the industry and everybody knows that mm-hmm. we're all every state agency, we're all talking about the three R's and recruiting hunters, and we need to do all that. Yep, you and I talked about this. If hunting is to be saved, I hope it doesn't have to be saved. Mm-hmm. 
but I'm afraid it does. It it won't be. Now, listen, when I say something about, it's a long-winded explanation. When I say something about deer hunting or tree stands or whatever, I'm not against deer hunting. I want you guys to go hunt those big bucks, and I know you love it. And God bless you and God bless America, okay? <laughs> but if it, for us to up hunting numbers to replace ourselves, to get more people in the woods, to sell license and mm-hmm. that whole speech, it's not going to be from trophy deer hunting, okay? It, it's yep. just not. It's going to be through numbers, I think, through Small game hunting. It's small game and bird hunting yeah. and, and, and whatever. Uh, and, and, and squirrel dogging is, is part of that, you know? You know, and, and later I'll say this too. Um, you know, I, cause I've been around the industry for a little bit and you've been around the industry for a little bit. You know, you worked for DNR for a number yep. of years. And so you've seen it, you know, initially when people started kind of realizing, hey, um, you know, hunter numbers are down. You know, the the first idea is, well, let's mentor some hunts. You know, let's let's bring some kids along. And so what you see a lot of people do is the kind of mindset goes, well, I want the kid to have success. I want them to have a good time, right? And so, you know, I go out to my deer lease. I figure out where, when the deer are moving, where they're going to be. And I, I, I put little Johnny in the stand at 8 a.m. And we're you know, at 6 a.m. and say, hey, 8 a.m., this deer's going to walk in front of you. Deer walks in front of him. He shoots him. You know, we take it out. I clean it for him, you know, and he's happy as a clam. But really... I think you're doing a disservice to that kid because he didn't have any investment in it, right? You know, he, you just told him to sit in the stand and shoot the brown thing that comes along, right? And the other, the other issue is it's not repeatable for him. You know, he can't go out with his mom and dad who don't hunt and do that the next weekend, right? But the really cool thing about squirrel dog, now now I'm not saying everybody can get a dog and go hunt it the next weekend, but you can go out with a squirrel dog with Ronnie, you know, and go, man, this is awesome and go, I can go to my, you know, national forest land or the walk-in hunting near my house and I can shoot squirrels next weekend. And this is awesome. I can do it without a dog and not, I mean, everybody should get a squirrel dog. That was, I learned that today. But if you want to get more people into hunting, you got to make it approachable. You got to give them the opportunity to do it. Amen, brother. And I think small game hunting, squirrel hunting, squirrel dog hunting is... it makes sense. You you absolutely hit it on the head, the, the point you made there a little bit ago. It has to be something they can do. You know, I'm not what I say means anything, but I've written about this a good bit. I'm not going to be accurate on my numbers here, but I know one, I researched it. There's, I'm pulling this out of the air. Mm-hmm. 394 million acres or something in the eastern United States of woodland. Mm-hmm. Okay. In most of the eastern United States, I'll stick my neck out. If you have woods, forest, yep. you probably have squirrels. Okay. Pretty much. A lot of that is on a lot of that is on public land. Mm-hmm. So they may not be a squirrel in every tree, like some private land, <laughs> but like Ronnie has said, literally millions of acres of national forest and state wildlife management areas. You got a place to go. Yep. Squirrel hunting, like you and I talked about, almost any twenty-two rifle or shotgun would mm-hmm. serve. You got a pair of boots and maybe your old sweatshirt, maybe yeah. some kind of a game bag. You can go hunting. Mm-hmm. You don't have to have a very expensive deer lease, a bunch of expensive equipment, mm-hmm. food plots, and everything. Folks, there's nothing wrong with all yeah. that. Okay, if that's yep. your thing, go for it. But I'm saying this is a very approachable thing, an easy thing to get into for all the people you know that we need to to bring into it. It's it's where you learn in the East, mm-hmm. in, the, in the Appalachians, when we were kids or whatever. It's how you learn to hunt. Mm-hmm. It really is. And and I've had more than one guide, experienced hunter or whoever say, you show me a guy that started out young hunting squirrels where, you know, the woodland classroom, if you yep. will. Uh He's going to be a good deer or turkey hunter. Yeah. It, it's where you learn all the basics. Mm-hmm. And I don't 
you know, I can't I can't put it any better than that. Yep. You're spot on, Larry. Thank you for listening to this episode. I hope you had a great time and I hope you enjoyed it. Ronnie, Larry, and I had a great time today um, shooting some squirrels over some awesome dogs. And um, if you like the show, please share it with your friends and family. If you'd like to support the show, please go to Patreon slash HuntFishEat.com. Um, you can jump on at different support levels and do some cool stuff. You get opportunities like do wild game dinners with me. You get opportunities to even go on a hunt. So definitely check that out, Patreon slash HuntFishEat. Also, um, the Hunt Fish Eat podcast on Instagram, Hunt Fish Eat podcast on Facebook, and my website is hunt-fish-eat.com. Also, make sure you check out my sponsors, waltonsinc.com. That's waltonsinc.com, and also clayshootingapparel.com. Thank you, and catch you on the next episode.